Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake and I play the drums. And we are More of That. It's that time again. Find that other special person in the room. Lock hands awkwardly, silently, sweatily, and without falling for that couple skate. We're going to see the sign. Have you seen the sign? I've seen the sign. Now let's all see the sign by Ace of Base. Have a great skate. I was um, pretty much a vivid child and uh, curious. Me and my sister played a lot together, so we were almost always together. We first when she started school when I was alone, so. I grew up in an area very, very close to uh, the Bergen family. We, we built up these villages in the forests. We uh, did weapons, you know, wood, swords. I think a lot of kids do that. Okay, you know what I mean? One, two, three, four. That was a little I guess I was a bit strange because in school I have a kind of strange hair and I have a long, what do you say, a tail, a different colors on, blonde hair and black, uh, totally weird haircuts. You know, ch children could be very, very evil when they're young. When I went to school, I went from school, I, I wasn't allowed to go with the others. I had to go like some. 20 meters behind them. Uh, Jenny called me back. I moved to Denmark when I was nine, and I started to school there. I was a big victim, actually, of people, uh, people's aggression. And it, it made the situation quite tough. You come to school, you have to be prepared for people going to jump on you. But I got strong, stronger, and suddenly I got to fight back. And then we had to move back to Sweden. I started with, uh, with Music 82. Uh, my father, he bought me a computer because he wanted me to start to program. So I started to do music on, on the computer. 
You're looking good. Me and Jonas, uh, we uh, went to the same school. He was an uh, Italo disco freak and looked like one. I started playing in a band called G. Conrad. Very strange name. We played uh, some new romantic covers and some punk. I spent almost every every dime on musical things, and I get very much help with my parents. They helped me with a loan and so on. It took at least a year before we started to talk about uh, putting a band together. When we left the synth music behind, we obviously need, needed someone to sing. So uh, Jonas proposed we used his uh, smaller sisters. I was a, a little schoolgirl with long curly hair. And I was going up, dressing up all in black and a lot of red lipstick and just going up on the stage and doing this kind of music. It was, it was not pure me, actually. It was something that we had together. It's just a funny thing, really. With Tiffany and I, we used to rehearse in a garage. They had all the music on tape, and it was running. And I think it was running through the air into the microphone, where both me and Jenny had to sing in the same one. Uh, Ulf was kind of... I didn't know him. I know about him. He was kind of with strange gangs and so on. And as older we got, as as more and more crazy become. And I've become one of the youngest guy in the gang, so I always had to improve myself. And we started to, um, to be connected with skinheads. I ended up in this situation that hate took over my sense. I've never been against democracy in my whole life. I've never been against huge people in my whole life either. But it, I figured in situations where people had swastika. For me, I didn't care. I, just, I wasn't, the thing was, I wasn't against it. That was my crime. Suddenly I, I was 18 and I started to realize this is not the life I want. Also behind me, I have my parents really supporting me, trying to, you know, what's wrong here, you know? What can we do? And they, they did the best they could. They couldn't do it better. Okay. He was kind of calming down. He wanted to do more music. And uh, he started playing with a guy in the band. Uh, they had a kind of hobby band themselves with harder music. We had a rehearsal studio together. And we had two separate bands, but we worked a little bit between the bands too. So me and Jonas, we become better and better friends. And also, especially when I took the step out from my past. We could see on him that he was changing uh, clothing style and stuff like that. I think maybe a bit going back to who he used to be before he was getting like a juvenile delinquent. Ace of Base formed in Sweden in 1990 and originally consisted of siblings Jonas, Jenny, and Lynn Berggren, as well as Jonas's friend Ulf Ekberg. 
They took music lessons growing up, and Lynn studied to become a music teacher. Jonas played in a few new wave bands and in 1987 formed a group with his sisters as well as two friends. The band was formed for a school project and cycled through names, including Tech Noir, yes, the club from Terminator. Appropriately, they mostly played techno music and were heavily influenced by Depeche Mode. By 1990, the two friends had quit and Jonas asked his friend Ulf Ekberg to fill in at a gig. Jonas would sometimes go by Joker, and Ulf would go by Buddha. Ulf says of their nicknames, Since I was doing a lot of karate at that time, <laughs> a sport that is deeply linked to Buddhism, I would bring that up all the time. That's how I became Buddha. Jonas, for his part, has a dry sense of humor and cracks jokes all the time, often during interviews and in Swedish, so we would all be laughing while no one else around would know what was going on. That's how he became Joker. The Joker, baby. I'm going to, bec I'm going to become the Joker. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, is what he said. When Ulf was asked in an interview what got him into music, he said, in one word, craft work. Once Kraftwerk released their 1981 album, Computervelt, it all became clear to me. They showed the world that you can combine music with technology and be successful with it, and that was exactly what I wanted to do. Ekberg has a controversial past, which was revealed in a 1993 Swedish newspaper expose. He had played in a neo-Nazi skinhead band in the early 1980s when he was a teenager. He has since disavowed this group and his past, and in 1997 said, I told everyone I really regret what I've done. I closed that book. I don't want to even talk about it. That time does not exist in me anymore. I took the experience from it. I learned from it. But that life is not me. It's somebody else. As far as where Ace of Base got its band name, Ulf Buddha was inspired by the Motorhead song Ace of Spades. He said, the name came out of a hangover I had on New Year's Day. So I was hungover watching MTV and I saw Motorhead's video for their song Ace of Spades. I liked the name and I thought I'd play around with those words. We're four members in this band, so I thought, good, four aces, I'll keep the ace. Then I thought of our studio and how it's our base. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know how you call that you know how you, we always call the studio the bass? Yeah. I was wondering why it's not called um, Ace of Bass, like you know, bass lines and B A S S. Yeah, but I always right. like Yeah, I thought it was Ace of Bass. <laughs> I I thought it was maybe a mistranslation of B A S S, but who knows. Anyway, Ace of Bass began to play shows around Sweden, but at this point, their brand of techno and dance music was going out of style in their hometown. In July of 1991, they recorded some demos for three songs that would later show up on their debut album. A Jamaican reggae band. Okay, this, this is part of the lore behind it all, and you tell me whether you think this is plausible. A Jamaican reggae band was next door in the studio and influenced the group to infuse some reggae sounds. Although Jonas would later assert he didn't like reggae and prefers ska. I liked ska music quite much, Berggren said. I always found normal reggae too slow. To me, to dance like a normal person, it's too slow for me. Our reggae's a bit faster. It's major and minor. It's not so happy. The demos failed to secure them a record contract with several Swedish labels until Mega Records finally released one of the songs, Wheel of Fortune, as a single in 1992. It flopped initially, but after a re-release, it gained some steam and did moderately well. 
it would serve as the inspiration for a much bigger hit. In 1990, Swedish-Nigerian singer Keo had a hit with a song called Another Mother. Ace of Bass heard this and decided this was the sound they wanted. They recorded a song known at the time as Mr. Ace and sent it to Swedish producer, and correct me on this pronunciation if it's wrong, Denny, Denny's Pop? Denny's Pop? I, I think it's just Denny's. Denny's, Denny's Pop. That makes sense. Ubiquitous pop producer who had produced that said KO song. Pop put the cassette in his car and was not very taken with the song. However, and this is another bit of lore, the legend goes the tape got stuck in his car and he was forced to listen to it on repeat, which led him to warm up to the song. <laughs> See, you know, and, it takes a couple spins, it, it, you it, know? Is it just me or am, am I the only one who reads these kind of things on on? wikipedia and elsewhere and and takes it with an enormous grain of salt (laughs) like just 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 because someone says that this was the genesis of something doesn't mean that that's how it really went down there was a a reggae band next door yeah i guess so but that's two weird things now okay (laughs) um in july of 1992 the group went to his studio and re-recorded mr ace as all that she wants this became their first number one on the Danish chart and pushed Wheel of Fortune to go higher as well. Mega Records asked for an album for the Christmas season, which the group quickly knocked out. So released in November of 92, Happy Nation, as it was called, was a hit in Denmark and led to the group getting some attention elsewhere. Polygram picked up rights for Europe, but the American division of the label turned down Ace of Bass. All That She Wants, along with other singles, took off in various European markets, including Germany and the UK, where it was number one for three weeks in a row in 1993. While on vacation on his yacht in Europe, Arista Records founder Clive Davis heard the song and reached out to Mega Records to get the American rights. After its release, by October of 93, the song was number two in the US. The group was already working on a follow-up to Happy Nation when Davis asked for them to add some new tracks to their first album for American release. He was worried that people had already bought imported versions of the album and wouldn't buy the same thing again without new tracks. The three new tracks were two they had written for their second album, The Sign and Living in Danger, and a cover of a Tina Turner B-side, Don't Turn Around. Davis released a revised Happy Nation LP, now called The Sign, in November 93 with the new tracks, and it was a huge hit in America. Uh, trivia, does anyone know what the number one song in America was when The Sign dropped? 1993. Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. November. Ugh. Late November. Well, you're not, probably not going to get it. No. I, w- I was in third grade. Me too. Yeah, I was uh, nine. Somehow it was Meatloaf's I'd Do Anything for Love in parentheses, but I won't do that. Okay. Which is really, I thought that song was from earlier, but I guess not. That was like the Uh, the comeback Meatloaf song. Yeah, Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) It was the leftover Meatloaf. (laughs) Warmed up in a microwave. Did he he ever release a record of B sides and rarities called Leftovers? (laughs) (laughs) To make matters more confusing, this version of the album was also released in Europe with a slightly tweaked track list as Happy Nation US version. To clarify, we will be covering the album called The Sign, which was among the first handful of CDs I ever owned as a child, and for all I knew at the time was Ace of Bass's debut album. 
All writing credits on these tracks go to Joker and Buddha, which is a sort of bizarro world version of Lennon McCartney. <laughs> uh, By the way, you, except... you changed that in the in the script at one point. You had written a hell world version, <laughs> which I think is Fuck off. more appropriate. I think a uh, hell, hell world <laughs> version is funnier. Why are I you first withholding hell world, the hell world? <laughs> I was like, because it makes it sound really negative, like I hate this, and I don't hate this at all. Um, I think actually Lennon-McCartney is the hell world one, if I had to. Uh, anyway, the sign is, is different. It's credited only to Joker. And, of course, Don't Turn Around is credited to Diane Warren and Albert Hammond, father of the Strokes. Of course, first popularized by Tina Turner. Stroke daddy. Stroke Daddy. Jonas told an interviewer that the key to their success was Swedish Midsummer Night Melancholy together with Lynn's voice, my melodies, and Dennis Pop's production, luck, timing, and talent, in that order was the key to our success. Ulf's drive and the other's good looks were also a big thing. And I think that's very humble of Joker to recognize that he's probably the least beautiful of these four <laughs> beautiful Swedes. Ace of Base is the third most successful Swedish group of all time behind ABBA and Roxette. Further down the list of most successful Swedish groups, uh, Europe, Rednecks with an X, <laughs> and <laughs> and the 18s, <laughs> which is an ABBA repackaging. Uh, but, but they're still in like the top 10 or so. Uh, the sign was nominated for Best Pop Album at the Grammys and went to number one in 14 different countries. It sold more than 21 million copies globally. Damn, so That's a lot. what's your history with the sign, as we always ask, and how did you listen? As I mentioned there, um, it was one of the first CDs I ever owned. Uh, the first two Ace of Bass CDs were among the first handful I ever got when I got my first CD player. It was a, uh, I don't know, it was like a soup, the, the sign, the song, the sign itself seemed like to be a super ubiquitous thing that, that kids would, would hum and, and sing and, and make parodies of on the playground. And, uh, it, I, I feel like it was being played for a solid year on the radio. So, yeah, I grew up with it, and it's one of the few things that I grew up with that has really, it's aged well, it's it's held up. So the way I listen, I I streamed the the sign, the, the U.S. version. My wife recently got uh, what's called Happy Nation U.S. version, and I listened to that on vinyl. And it's mostly the same songs. A few things are switched around, a few different tracks. I'll mention that later on. We'll get to that. But yeah, I ha I had a fun time. How about you guys? I uh I was completely unfamiliar with this album other than the three <laughs> hit singles. <laughs> like Wait, really? Yeah, like growing up, I mean, I heard the sign, of course, a ton. Um I was also a full house fan, so I remember when you know, I Stephanie's wondered if when we were going to get to Girl Talk covered when when they covered oh. the sign but they forgot to practice the I need the to songs. get a clip of that. So th that was a big part uh, or a big thing I remember. And then I knew the other hits. But yeah, I didn't know the other songs on this album at all. 
Um, so this was a first time experience wow. for me for about 75% of it. Um, and I listened basically on the Spotify version. This is how I listened to most of it. Well, I checked this out as I normally do on YouTube music, uh, just with my headphones. Um, I, I had heard, um, of course, all three of the singles, what was familiar and, I can't really put my finger on it, but I, but I feel like I have heard at least some of the other songs on the record, but I couldn't tell you when or, or where, and, and we'll, we'll probably get into this, but, but there's, there's just kind of a style that, 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 that permeates the whole record there. There's, there's kind of two, two modes and, and, uh, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I, I know that, that, uh, as I was listening I was like, well, this kind of sounds familiar. Maybe I have heard this. Uh, so so I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you how, how much I'd heard. I did spend a lot of time at the Skate Corral, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. that was, you know, so, so there, there definitely uh, could have been some some deep deeper the sign album cuts. Real quick on, on Girl Talk, I, I'm, I was just looking for clips, <laughs> and uh, apparently uh, in the Fuller House, which I have certainly had no time for, but, uh, <laughs> but, but apparently uh, I there's a the first reprise... Season. There's a reprise. Oh my uh, God. They, girl, they, they reform, they, they get the, the band back together. No, no confirmation on whether Kathy Santoni was involved, but, uh, but we'll, we'll have, uh, I will have to go check this out after that. Uh, that, that I want to know what reprise. they played. Contemporary hits? I think they do the sign again. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, so, like most, I, well, I guess maybe not like most of you guys, but I, I grew up hearing them on the radio. Uh, usually Y107 for Lake of the Ozark, uh, which, you know, was Asa based out of Jeff City, uh, the city of Jeff's. I didn't spend, yeah. did not spend much time at the roller rink after an unfortunate accident involving the heel break in my anus, uh, a bruising what? of a lifetime. <laughs> bruising what? of a lifetime. What? It was a bruising. <laughs> what? But every time, uh, they came on, I was really enjoying it. Uh, I, I now have it on CD, uh, and I listen to it on my uh, retro style on my Sanyo boombox uh, that I had from growing Ooh. up. There you go. Um, as it should yeah, be, the only way. <laughs> I, 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 That's how I listened I, uh, as a kid. <laughs> I found it in the, the bargain bin uh, several years ago, so I I'd picked it up. And, yeah, so I also you know, listened with YouTube music and, and headphones a lot. I didn't work this in, but I did have an opening line that I liked where I was going to say, welcome to Discographology, the podcast where it's not a day for work, it's a day for catching tan. (laughs) (laughs) And there are a handful of, uh, (laughs) there are great lyrics like that abound, and we'll, we'll get to those. So, okay, all that she wants. So it was originally a song called Mr. Ace on the demo, which was a pretty similar song with the same lyrics, but there's a lot more bad rapping, including the line, I'm Mr. Ace, I'm running my bass, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I I am going to have to play a clip, and I'm sorry. 
Mr. Ace, though. It's is, the studio is their base, is what you gotta understand. Is he related to Mr. Vane um, uh Culture Beat by Culture Beat? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think it was just a thing of the time. You, you had all the, these Mr. So and so. Man, all I can think and, about is year without Santa Claus with I'm Mr. Heat Miser, I'm Mr. Sun. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> And so it was inspired by the KO song aforementioned called Another Mother. And I promise I will stop spamming you with clips after this, but I'm just going to give you a taste of the beginning. Another Mother. Just so you can get a feel for how similar this thing was. That, that reggae upbeat there. Yeah, similar. Hmm. similar similarities. All that she wants was originally in a major key, but changed to minor by Lynn. And and by the way, Lynn, um, the sister who was blonde at this time, uh, she she was the main singer on this album. That changes later on, but just just for context, she felt it was too happy, so they changed it to to a more minor feel. And God, what a good decision, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and we, we see uh, similarities in, in the next track as well. Um, Ulf said the song was about a typical girl in Sweden or Norway or Germany <laughs> who meets a lot of guys, is what he said. Uh, and I said incel energy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wrote the lyrics, right? <laughs> Jonas stated this. I, I guess... Jonas stated the song is about a girl he knew a long time ago, but he didn't realize it when he did the lyrics. Okay. Um, of course, Lynn is doing the lead. Uh, Jonas and Ulf are doing the rapping or spoke, spoken word. Some of it does uh, survive onto the final version here. Uh, let's see. When they went to write and record other songs for Happy Nation, they purposely made them slightly darker based on the tone of this song. Hmm. This one got them hooked up with Dennis Pop. Uh, it was his. It was Pop's idea to change the rapping to short spoken word sections, add a second verse. Okay, and it was his decision to cut Jenny's vocals from the final version. Poor Jenny. Wow. Um, she is really. Uh, she's really big time to buy Lynn on this record. Uh, that that dynamic flips though, but that's a whole other thing. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty damn catchy. Insanely catchy, even. And that's kind of their whole thing when they work. That's just what they are. They're a brain worm. Not a brain worm, an earworm. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're a brain the, the, yeah, Some man. of that worm <laughs> for those earworms. Smoking crack. <laughs> a maggot brain. Um, I do want to say the <laughs> lyrics are so weird. She want. Uh, I mean, this has always been a thing, but she wants a baby, baby, or a. She wants another lover, or she wants a baby. Again and again, we see that the lyrics are weird, but overall, I dig this one. What do you guys think? I I enjoy this one quite a bit. 
Um, I feel dumb because, okay, first off, I feel dumb because, yeah, I was one of those people as a kid that was like, it's about a woman that wants another baby. And I never really thought twice about that until like adulthood when it's like, this is a weird thing to write a pop song about. Um, I thought it was like some sort of vaguely like pro-life song or something as a kid, (laughs) I guess. Uh, but I, I enjoy this one. The other thing that makes me feel kind of dumb is I didn't even pick up the reggae thing until some, it was pointed out when I was doing the research. I was like, what reggae? And then I listened to it. I'm like, it is reggae, isn't it? Like did not occur to me that upbeat (laughs) like was reggae. Mm -hmm. So Maybe I'm just too white or something. I, I don't know. I just was like, I well, I didn't catch that at all. Um, yeah, but I, I enjoy this one. I, I want to point out a lot of these, like I, I say, it's hard to, f- I was trying to figure out like, what exactly do I like about them? Very catchy. I mean, the thing with this one that makes it great is every single little melody is an earworm. Like every synth line I feel like is its own hook. There's just so many, it's hooks abound. It's Hellraiser in here. Uh, there's just hooks <laughs> flying at you from every direction. Like every Jesus synth line, wept. every guitar line is, a, is another hook. Um, but one thing that, that is, a, I think, a, a, there's a couple moments that, that Lynn uh, shines with her vocals. And one of them is, I love that part in the second verse where there's a, a quick harmony over You're the Fox. I don't know if anybody else got that. Oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah, the you're she's the, the hunter, you're the fox, and you're there's the like fox. a backup vocal part. <laughs> exactly. that, that part is pretty cool. I also put down, by the way, if, if, if you want to play, if you want someone to know what did the early 90s sound like, I think you play this album and you play Pure Moods, both of which we've covered. That's, <laughs> that's the sound of the early 90s. You don't play Nevermind, okay? Well, never mind. I feel like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. We've covered a lot earlier. I got yeah. you. I know, I know you mean. I don't know. Anyway, I like this one quite a bit. Everything on it is catchy and, and sticks in your brain in a good way. And yeah, just, just like it all around. Yeah, this is a really strong open. Um, it's interesting that, that you mentioned the uh, changing changing to a minor key because, yeah, that uh, they do this quite a bit, but but switching between majors and minors, you know, the chorus mm-hmm. is that 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 minor uh, chord that the the flute line uh, you know kind of outlines really well. But then the verse is is vocal and kind of kind of picks it up um, right out of the gate. Uh, they're they're kind of setting uh, a, a mood for the album. She leads a lonely life. She leads <laughs> a lonely life. The uh, the sax line is great. It sounds like uh, it's being played by. Uh, you, you remember when Jack Black was on uh, Conan or something, and he pl- and he played a toy saxophone solo. I I, I, I just get big toy saxophone vibes. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I think this is a really really strong opener. Um, I I think you know this is a uh, you know a song that you could play for somebody, and this that would be what Ace of Base uh, is is all about. And then of course I <laughs> I, I I made sure to to note the uh, oh that she wants uh, yes, whisper. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> whisper. <laughs> it's Joker and Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, what do you think, Logan? Yeah, I I love this song. Um, so back in 2009, 2010, I played in a band called We Are Like the Spider, and we covered this song. Ooh, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, Are we allowed to play a clip? Yeah, if you want to.
the the opening of the song sounds so good. It's just like a little lost island with beachy shores. And I love that sax sound, but it it's got to be a patch, right? Like it's it's definitely not a real yes, saxophone. Yes, 100%. And, not, oh no. But I love I love the bass line, um, and I made the comment: Why are they? Why aren't they called Ace of Bass? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The offbeat keys are a nice reggae style touch. Uh, when I was a kid, I was like, "Why won't someone give this woman another baby?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I actually thought it was about babies, just like you guys. Uh, it, but as an adult, you know, listening to it later, I'm like, "Well, okay, maybe you know, it's an affectionate term for a a lover, you know, or something, something like that." <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's a great track. Since you, you mentioned the beginning, before we move on, uh, I, I have to bring up something I've heard since I was a kid. So I know this isn't Idler Wheel, uh, the Fiona Apple album we covered, and it's not a found footage or found footage, found sound album. But I've always thought the beginning sounded like, did you guys ever have a whirly tube as a kid? Like the plastic tube you you waved around oh, your head? Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah, made yeah, like yeah. a woo-woo. I've always thought it sounded like that. Did you get it, it natural like wonder? <laughs> I don't know, but I've always thought it sounded like that at the beginning. I don't think it is, but it just, yeah, sounds mm. like it. So look up whirly tube on YouTube and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. See, see yeah, it's a uh, saxophone keyboard but that that didn't stop a joker from miming playing the sax in my <laughs> performances uh look it up look it up if you don't believe me he's such a joker uh, well he likes to joke around what can i say track two don't turn around So as we said, it's a cover of a B-side that uh, was on the Tina Turner single Typical Male in 1986, written by Stroke's dad and Diane Warren. Uh, Arista pushed for them to cover the song so they could have another radio-friendly song to add to the American album. Jonas was resistant because it was in a major key, so they changed it to a minor, again, to fit the album's whole vibe. And I, I think that's the genius of this song, personally. I think that was the move that, that made this click. Yeah. Ulf does the rapping. And the, as cheesy as it might seem, the spoken word parts kind of make it for me. And not even rapping, just a little spoken parts. Uh, that makes it for me. But both the dudes and the ladies get to do little spoken word parts on this one. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think off the top of my head the spoken word that I will survive without you. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple little things. It, it's it all just comes together. Please make that a, uh, uh, a, a hot key <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To bring up. Oh, hang on. I've got it right here. Suck my oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um. But as as Matt was saying, this is kind of the genius of Ace of Bass on this first album, at least. Yeah, the the switching between major and minor, and it just works. It, it's a crazy good song to me, even though they didn't write it. Um, they perfect it, maybe. I think they do the best version. There's several out there, as I mentioned, Bonnie Tyler too, which is pretty similar to the Tina Turner one, epic and slow, 
and has a more major feel. Um, but this one makes the other ones feel boring by comparison, honestly. It's just so upbeat and that freaking fake techno reggae. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wrote, uh, I don't know how this goofy techno reggae formula works, but it just does. So yeah, definitely a top tier one for me. Yeah, they they really hit the ground running with with the the record as a whole. This one, you know, kind of comes in uh packing a punch right after right after all that she wants. Uh the uh, the thing that really strikes me about this one, you know, we already mentioned the the, the major minor and and that that works really well. Um on the chorus, they they have kind of that the the harmonies the the group vocals on the don't turn around and then it's a single vocal on the I don't want to see your heart breaking and and I just kind of think and going back you know going back and forth between that's a, a really good uh good technique um you're totally right that that you know that this kind of has uh, a not sinister but you know d- uh, kind of darker feel to it um I, I really like the the kind of busy syncopated percussion with that that kind of really ooh and ah um synth pad that kind of rides over the top of everything you know like like a blanket of clouds um the low spoken parts are are great they're just you know it's hard to tell if they were just 100% committed or if they just you know if they were just you know having a laugh but either way it 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 came out <laughs> great mm-hmm. yeah it's I love it. I and I I'm really in love with the overall synth line, you know, just the main synth line and how that sounds so dreamy and you compared it to being on like a layer of clouds. Uh yeah, that same kind of vibe. Um I was kind of disappointed to find out that it was a cover. I'm going to be honest because this was always kind of I really like all that she wants, but I remember at the time when I would hear them on the radio, this was always kind of my favorite one of theirs. But their version, it, the, the original version's good, but it's definitely in that major key. And so this this hits differently. And I think it was a good decision to do that. I think everyone else uh, so far has said basically everything that I would. Um, and I do prefer Ace of Bases' version of it. So, yeah, this is this is a great, great track. Is that a synth line in the original? Is that melody in the original? The kind of synth hook part. I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. But wh- which one the is the chorus? Do 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 do. I don't think it is because um, it's yeah. It's that, minor. See, that's my favorite part. I, I I think I'm a little more lukewarm on this one than you guys are. I still like this one. It's still up there for me. But I I I don't like it as much as all that she wants at all. And I I think I think of the three big singles. This is my least favorite. Um, Ooh. <laughs> uh <laughs> by the way blake i'm surprised that you said the you like the talking rapping man i wrote down i was like that's so cheesy like it just throws me off i, I can't stand i don't know it. it shouldn't work it shouldn't work it's but it definitely does. better than that rapping on mr ace i'll tell you that 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 was <laughs> way better that, on this one that sounded that was some some mike Patton stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> face, face no more era mike Patton was, was uh, that, but. Um, it doesn't matter anyway uh yeah i i i don't know i i do enjoy this one but just a little bit you know less than than all that she wants for sure i do think by the way once i learned it was a cover 
like you can almost tell kind of on the verse like it feels like the verse lyrics and vocal melody is different than a lot of the other songs on this album like it just feels like it's something i could see that maybe they didn't write that part of it i think the lyrics are too good in english to be theirs <laughs> that's a good point yeah i have more to say on the lyrics later but yeah for sure but yeah maybe i'm just young and proud blake <laughs> you know we're all not old and we're not ashamed um and that's the theme of speak for yourself track three <laughs> track three young and proud I don't have background trivia on this one, <laughs> but what I will say on it is I think it has, I love the kick-ass synth intro that several songs are like this where they just start out strong with like the coolest sounding synth patches and really cool rhythmic synthesizer stuff going on before it, it even, even gets into the hook. Um, so I, I really dig the the kind of dark feel and and the four on the floor. Uh, I th I think I know where where Matt was going when he said they have two modes and this is their other mode. It's not the techno reggae. It's a four on the floor dance skate anthem. Um, it's got a crazy catchy pre-chorus and then the chorus is even catchier. And I would definitely speed skate to this. No raps in this. I think this is the first one without any spoken word thingies, but I didn't miss it still bangs um and so that's that's three great tracks in a row i'm i'm keeping track here of how many great ones in a row they've got three for three so far yeah i i agree i i dig this one quite a bit um you can almost sing it's a beautiful life over the top of it though <laughs> um and i think that's something that we're gonna i might point out more it they have a formula and it's not bad. It's not a bad formula, and it's not. But like you guys said, there's there's a couple of options they have and <laughs> and modes. So um, I love the uh, synth patches. The I think the percussion sounds great. Uh, the chorus is pretty catchy too. Uh, those MIDI guitars, oh man, they make me laugh pretty <laughs> hard. Uh, man, those are great. But I I like the delayed analog synth sound. Um, the vocals are strong. Bass is kicking. I was hoping for a little bit male break breakdown rap session too, Blake. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm sure it's for the better. Um, yeah. It's a little repetitive, but that's just if I had to nitpick. Um, but also it uh, it had a nice fade out there for you, Blake. I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention that. There are yeah, I forgot there are a lot of fade outs here. Uh, that's a strike against it. Yeah, I actually put down in my notes. I wonder how Blake feels about all these fade outs. Yeah. <laughs> keep happening yeah uh, mixed feelings th this is the one by the way so i'm listening to the album this is the first one i hear that i didn't know at all before right because the first two are both pretty big singles and when it starts it's so different because the first two have that the as matt said there's two modes the first two are both in the reggae mode uh th yeah. this one is the dance mode and i i don't know i found it refreshing when it kicked on i was like yeah okay we're we're going into a, a little different feel from the the first two i don't know if i could have taken another like reggae beat song in a row so i yeah i, I enjoyed this one quite a bit 
I do love the little growl, and I can't imitate it, but the little growl, uh, not quite the same as Fiona Apple's, but like the when she mm. does the anyway, anyway, you know what I'm talking about? There's a part where she comes in and she's yep. like, anyway. She does, she does vocal growls <laughs> yeah. across this album, yeah. And and speaking of Fiona Apple, I have to point out, you know, we went from Fiona, who has very dense lyrics, to this, which I feel like has very light lyrics <laughs> in terms of the, the yeah. content. And, you know, it's not a bad thing necessarily, because sometimes you want candy, you know, you don't want a full meal that you have to sit there and really think about. But at the same time, I, I think with that metaphor, after I wrote that down, I was like, I don't want to. It's not substanceless necessarily. Oh man, you took like a good chunk of <laughs> really. I, <laughs> a I thing I, I just, was gonna say later, but uh, well, yeah. What I was gonna right. say is, I I think the the music is is the substance. The lyrics are where I'm I'm like a little bit like I I don't I don't know if that's exactly what you were gonna say, but I the lyrics well, I feel like on this one are just a little lighter than. I was than, just more about the contrast between Fiona Apple and this, oh, yeah. whereas it's more dense <laughs> yeah. and nuanced, whereas this is a little bit more simple and straightforward, which yeah. isn't a bad thing, but it, like you said, sometimes you want candy, um, sometimes you want. <laughs> Who are you, bow wow wow? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, I think we're on the same page then. I I just. It's funny because I, you know, I'm such a, a lyric analysis guy, like, you know, oh, let's go through and pick out lines. And this one, it's slim pickings, you know, <laughs> there's not a, a lot for me it's, to pick it's out. It's a day it's, for catching tank. Yeah. And yeah. say like, guys, well, let's really think about this word, this lyric, you know. Uh, but anyway, back to the song. I, I like Young and Proud. It's, it's good. And I agree. Three, three solid songs in a row so far. I was I was a little surprised at how much I liked this one. Um, it, it really, you know, kind of kind of amps you up. Um, I do, you know, chores or dishes sometimes when I'm listening to these, and it, you know, it, it'll it'll get you moving. Uh, my first note is <laughs> the vibra slap has logged on. Um, <laughs> vibra slaps all over this. I love it. The growl vocals are great. Uh, I, I kind of like the chorus. Um, the, the any way you do it, um, and I'm calling out your name part. Uh, I guess maybe that's a pre-chorus, but um, that that really stuck with me. Um, I I think this is a this is a strong um, introduction to the uh, the, the dance mode that, that we're gonna see uh, more throughout the album. Oh, and I love those piano tones. This is, I think this is the first we we hear of that that really kind of you know very nineties yeah. sounding. Oh yeah, uh, I know exactly piano. what you're talking about. The, uh, the dance, uh, dance electronic piano. Yep. Uh, probably a Yamaha patch if I had to oh, guess. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, track four, a little known single called The Sign. So they'd recorded a demo of this as a song for their second album they were working on, the follow-up to Happy Nation. Um, Clive Davis of Arista heard the demo, and he told Dennis Pop to put it out on the American version. Uh, Pop actually thought the verse, he, he heard a demo with no vocals on it and thought the verse part was the chorus hook. When they recorded the song officially, uh, Jenny and Lynn rearranged it so that they both had parts to sing. 
the chorus was split so that Jenny sang the second and fourth parts while Lynn does the first and third. This was also a necessity since there's no breathing time between those four parts in the chorus. Um, I'll be honest here. Those, it, it all sounds nearly indistinguishable to me. <laughs> I didn't know that they were switching between sisters, but that's, that's just that blood harmony, you know? You know I love <laughs> to go back to that. Um, love me some good blood harmony, and it's all over. The sign is bloody with it. Um, the opening beat with the claps uh, was apparently sampled from a song called Shack Up by American funk group Bonbara. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny said about the outro, the, the part, the I saw the sign part. She said, I'm the only one who knows it because it's so weird. <laughs> I saw the sign. I saw the sign. I just remember Max Martin, um, who is a Swedish producer and uh, future producer of every pop star in the world, uh, was looking at me through the studio window and was like, just do it again. I don't get what you're doing just do it again that's interesting to me that max i i don't know if max martin just happened to be there if he was like an underling at yeah, that time yeah i don't know i couldn't he, quite figure that out either how he was connected maybe, i think he maybe was he was, a, uh, he was kind of a, a mentee of dennis pop is is my understanding okay. okay that that would make total sense and you know they were in stockholm or wherever the hell uh <laughs> Uh, so there is, for this one, we haven't talked about videos much, but this one does have a strange video. I, I highly recommend watching while high, uh, where, uh, <laughs> onks computer generated onks fly at the screen. And I'm wondering, is that, I think that might represent the sign, like this Egyptian, <laughs> onk the, the titular sign. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the sign, uh, so like many ubiquitous hits, like when we talked about smells like teen spirit it almost speaks for itself it almost is a thing unto itself that you can barely even comment on but all that would be kind of lazy i mean um it it is what it is but i i had to include in the clip uh the the yodel that she does in verse two where she says uh bring me joy i i can't do it but um uh, I'm, I'm I'm very into yodeling lately. Um, <laughs> since listening to a lot of Caroline Polachek and the Walmart singing cowboy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, by the way, I have uh, in my notes that that bring me joy line is just chef's kiss. Like it's it's yeah, so nice. It's fucking great. There's a few. There's several things on this album that are just like damn. Uh, they 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 truly are good. This was before auto tune, folks. Um, I I also noticed that vocals. Uh, Things were things were mixed differently at this time. Vocals were shockingly low in the mix compared to the instruments. That's especially in the verse part. It, when you compare it to contemporary mm. music, it's wild to see how much they brought up those vocals in the overall mix. Uh, the lyrics, <laughs> I was just like, man, these these lyrics are nonsense, lol. But I still really like it. And if you're keeping track at home, that is four great tracks, four bangers in a row for me. So we're, we're back to the reggae mode. Um, mm-hmm. I did notice, though, this time the bass line is a lot less static. Like, I don't know if it's an actual bass player playing the line or if it's like a keyboard no. bass, which sounds more likely. But it's like a true reggae kind of bass line where it's very, um, you know, it has a lot of movement going on in it which uh is is kind of cool it really is a testament to this song's uh greatness that 
I don't know about everybody else, but I've heard this song my entire life and I still can listen to it and get some enjoyment out of it. You know, like I don't immediately go like, Oh God, this song again, I got to hear this song again. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, it feels like it's just a very well-crafted pop song. I mean, three minutes and 11 seconds. That's, that's a perfect pop song. length right there uh just to have you know they get in get out uh they they know what they're doing um matt by the way i figured you would point out that there's one part of this that is 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 josh bait uh when they change up the vocal melody but keep the lyrics on the bridge you know when she changes she's still saying i saw the sign but it opened my eyes but it's like a different melody yeah yeah uh, I saw the sign. Yeah, yeah. Not part. that part. Before that, on the bridge, she's like, "Oh, uh, I saw yeah. the sign." Yeah, when it goes way up <laughs> yes, high. I, I really, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, yeah. I do want to drop one of the the clips I made here, Blake, if you have it, because okay. I am convinced that Dennis Pop reused the intro to this song later. <laughs> Not exactly the same, but uh, compare yeah. the intro of Backstreet Boys' Backstreet's Back by Dennis Pop to the intro <laughs> of the sign. Okay. The cowbell. I don't know. Sounds totally. <laughs> it's not identical, but it just sounds like Dennis Pop was like, sounds "I'm using similar. that again later when I make I mean, this Backstreet Boys song." But it's uh, pop music, baby. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I love this one quite a bit. Yeah. Is this a perfect pop song? I don't know. I I guess I guess that's that's why we're here. That's what we do on the show. Um, maybe this is this is certainly worth you know worth being in, in that discussion i as as we've said it's a song that's so ubiquitous i guess probably to to people our age so you know mid mid 30s that it's you know it's been in your life so much that it, it, it's hard to have context on but just that that first uh kind of flute synth uh line is just so catchy and and it outlines, you know, we're back to doing major minor things. That's in a minor uh, a minor key, and then they come in with the major key on the verse this time. Usually, the the verses have been minor and the the choruses have been major, but they they switch it up here. the The vocals are great. Um, you know, that we get a little growl intro. Um, I also uh, have uh, have down uh, the bring me joy uh, vocal crack is, is just uh, you know just a great little little spice to sprinkle in but the part that always gets me is on the the last chorus right before the uh i saw the um they've been doing some harmonies on the choruses but the very last time through they have that lower harmony on the no one's gonna drag you up to get into the life where you belong and that that harmony right there really just kind of seals in the whole song. You get some suspended chords in there uh, that that really kind of, you know, put the cherry on top. It's got that that great kind of over the top ethereal synth that that see, that kind of seals the chorus together. Um, it, it's it's just a great piece of pop music. Yeah, you guys have, have pretty much said it. Um... I love the little fanfare vocals at the beginning with all the gusto behind it. Uh, it always kind of cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's definitely one that I was enjoying secretly jamming out to. Uh, these remind me of like ninety three through ninety five or third through fifth grade or. You know, I was still pretty young, so I was still kind of in my pop phase, but also starting to get into more rock and alternative at this point. So this was kind of like a guilty pleasure. So it's a fun song for sure. Uh, I enjoy it uh, quite a bit, but uh, I don't know if I like it as much as All That She Wants and Don't Turn Around. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, if you don't see the sign... You might be <laughs> living in danger. Uh, Here's right. your sign. <laughs> Jesus. Remember that, guys? I was I was Ooh. trying to avoid that. We're, you're you're living in danger of getting your ass kicked for that. <laughs> Living in Danger was the seventh and final single internationally and the fourth and final single in America. Uh, It went to number 20 in the U.S. Uh, Jonas has said the song is about living on your own and advising listeners, don't trust people too much, you'll do better on your own. In contrast, Jenny has described it as being about social pressure to engage in dangerous behaviors like smoking and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Such a positive. Ace and Bass have a poster in the freaking library. Yeah. Hey, kids. Yeah. <laughs> See I'm the sign. Cool I'm Lynn from Ace of Bass. Read that. <laughs> like many Ace of Bass songs, you could probably superimpose uh, whatever the hell meaning you want on top of this song. That That's my take on it, at least. I didn't realize until... Recently, I think I was probably looking at the lyrics on Genius that the chorus is in the eyes of a stranger. I guess when I was a kid, I always thought it was I saw the stranger, (laughs) which is way too close to I saw the sign. (laughs) So I was like, isn't that weird how they have a song that goes, I saw the sign. Then the next song goes, I saw the stranger. (laughs) But I guess in the eyes of the stranger is a better lyric. So, yeah. Um, the raps or the spoken word play a major part in this one. You can kind of hear them underneath the whole chorus and, and all over it. Still, uh, raps be damned, though. This is still a, a, a pretty good one in my book. So that is still five bangers in a row for me. Yeah, this is another uh, this is another strong one, I, I think. Um, it definitely, you know, kind of coming off of the sign, um, takes us into a different place. Uh, it's, it's still doing that, that kind of mid, mid tempo, um, techno reggae that, that they do. Um, I, I just, I, I can't help but like the, uh, that get in, get rhythm, get down. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, um, I, I tried to, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll take notes, uh, on, on the lyrics to kind of help me remember the different parts. And, and, uh, I have here in the eyes of the stranger, blah, 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 do, 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 blah, 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 <laughs> just, just written out phonetically because you can't even hear it, but you don't have to, it, it, it doesn't matter. The lyrics don't matter. It, it's, it's all vibes. It, it's all, it's all a feel. Um, right. 
I, I like the I, I like the the uh, the chord progression. Um, you know, they, they kind of do a, a four, five, six minor that you know, kind of that that climbing um, feel that you know kind of makes things sound a little dark, a little sinister. Um, that that might be Aeolian mode. Don't don't at me, uh, music nerds. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like the horn line too. I I think that works uh, works really well. But uh, it, it's a fun one. Uh, it's it's okay. Uh, Ace of bass, more like Jack of whack. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like oh boy. it's like the first three singles mixed together into one song with you know with a splash of the sign in there, a bigger splash of the sign. Uh, it's it's not Ace. It's starting to sound very f- formulaic at this point in the album to me, which isn't too bad too bad of a thing um they do it well but this one doesn't stick out a bunch to me compared to the others and i also my 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 take on it is i always want to sing i saw the danger and it opened up my eyes i'm living in danger (laughs) there we go uh it's really not working for me and i'm surprised that it was a single (laughs) so uh yeah i'm not a big fan of this one so this is the one I, I will say right off the top, I, I do enjoy this one as well. Um, although, kind of going with what Logan said, this is where the the reggae thing started to grate a little bit on me. I was like, can we do more dance again? Because like, <laughs> Young and Proud start the dance thing going, and then now we're back to reggae. I mean, the sign has it as well, and just, I don't know, started to wear on me. I, I do think, though, weirdly enough, the uh, the cheesy ass rapping kind of works for me on this one. It's like the only time on the album yes. I feel like it <laughs> oh, kind of like well, it. because it, it's a it's a more rhythmic thing in this one. Like I don't know, I I feel like it 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 natural it sounds more natural in this than the others where it kind of is just on its own comes out of nowhere. Whereas this one, like it's he's doing it in the background behind the the main melody hook, and uh, I just feel like that works better. Um, but yeah. Five in a row so far for me. All right. Well, let me ask you: Are your legs tired? Yes. Because you've you've been the dancer in my daydream. That's my new pickup line, by the way. It's a good one. Um, the next song, yeah, that went over great. The next one's called "Dancer in a Daydream." What an odd situation indeed. Uh, so the vocals on this one are uh, Lynn only again. I don't have a lot of background on this one, I, but I think the the instrumental opening, um, again, kind of like Young and Proud, kicks ass on this one electronically. It sounds super old school. Listening to it just now, those synths are kind of like like popcorn almost, that the, the electronica standard. Um, and I hear their, the influences, their old school electronic influences coming through on that big time. Um, uh, I don't think this one has a big catchy hook like everything that's come before. And it fizzles a little bit, this one. So it's a bummer to me that this one kills the, the five song streak, um, the banger streak. It's the first song on the album that isn't quite a banger to me. Uh, but still a cool synth intro, and it also has a synth interlude that's cool. But by the end, I'm kind of bored by by the vocal melodies here on on this one. This this one's a little bit middling to me. I'm sorry to say. 
I'm sorry to hear that. I I think actually the opposite. Uh, I like this one out of the gate. Uh, It gives us something a little different and leaning more into dance territory. And I love that bass sound. One could say it is ace. Uh, I always love anything about dreams or daydreaming. So that's just bait for me right off, off the bat. Like if it's about dreams, daydreaming, I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. Um, Love some of the chorus uh, key and synth parts. Like Blake said, I think that they are kind of popcorn, but I really enjoy them. It just is a, a sound of nostalgia and brings back all kinds of fun memories. But I think there's some fun sounds on this track for sure. It's very of its time. Um, but yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit, actually. So my knowledge of, of uh, Nine Inch Nails is, is nothing close to what uh, Logan or Blake have. <laughs> But that one synth patch that's like, do, 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 like it, it's like kind of almost industrial. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The little Maybe it sounds like I'm not. It, it, either that or the other listen. note I put out is Mortal Kombat. Like it kind of has like that's a, probably, a video game it. feel almost. Uh, it, it is cool. And and I agree with Logan. It's this one's a nice uh, it's dancey. So it has the dance beat. I'm glad that's back. Uh, it, it does feel different than the others. Although, you know, the, the part of me that does love a good big hook uh sees what you're saying Blake and and kind of feels yeah. that way a little bit about this one but I this one grew on me uh the more I listened to it and you know I I had to admit that you know I I like it as well like <laughs> I don't know I feel like after a certain point of this album I'm just sort of saying I like this one too I like this one too but th- th- this That's this fair. one is the one that took the longest probably to grow on me but yeah I, I agree it has cool sounds like Logan said uh it you know, uh, especially that Mortal Kombat sound, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's just kind of a cool little grower. Yeah, I, I liked this one out of the gate. I, I think it's strong. I, I think the sonics of the synthesizers that we've been talking about really kind of give it a boost where it otherwise might uh, might lag. Um, I, I like the... Uh, I, I, the the kind of droniness of the I guess I had another daydream chorus I mean yeah there's no hook but but you know th- this is it's y- you've been at the skating rink for a little while and you know they 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 turn the lights off again and and you know may- maybe you're uh, maybe you just got back from from eating your eating your skittles or something um, I I think this is this is a strong uh, strong track I I, um, I I like the sparseness of the arrangement. Um, you know, they didn't feel like they needed to kind of pile a bunch of sound in. Um, it's just that that great bass and uh, and, and the drums and, and then the, those string patches and 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 the vocals. This is the the song at the skate park where you take a break to actually go play Mortal Kombat, <laughs> which or that which was a huge part of Skateland. See, the skate crew had the uh, the Terminator Two game. Matt remembers this as well with the like Uzi machine gun. Oh yes, that <laughs> yeah, used. that was a great game. <laughs> so, is it four thirty in the afternoon on your grandparents' TV? Yeah, it it is. <laughs> we got Wheel of Fortune coming up. Like 
Wheel of Fortune was the first ever single for Ace of Base, and it didn't do well at first, but was re-released after the success of All That She Wants, and then it went to number two in Denmark. Okay. Um... So I thought what you're going to tell your dad was a misheard lyric. <laughs> uh, but uh, nope. nope, that no, really uh, that really was the lyric. What you going to tell your dad? I was like surely that's indeed. not the What you got? I was like that can't be the lyric, but in my head I'm hearing what you going to tell. And when it gets to the what you going to tell your daddy refrain by the end, I'm like, "Oh. Oh, this is what it is." Huh? Well, daddy's been uh, well, daddy's been co-opted, okay? <laughs> it's been it's been, been missed. Okay, this it's was been corrupted, before. Yeah. <laughs> this was before the the sound that leads into the first chorus is insane. I think I I think it's in the clip. Hang on. It's like a schlocka boom schlocka. Schlocka boom schlocka. Listen to that. That is wild. I love that little electronic drum fill that leads into the chorus. Um it's weird to me that it was that this was the first single they put forward. It's it's kind of the reggae formula again, but a more middling one to me. But it has a cool bass line, though, which obviously is one of their strengths. Cool bass lines abound here. Um, by the end, my attention wanes a little bit. And yeah, even more of the techno reggae. And by the way, can you imagine, I guess there are reggae bands in Sweden, but it's a really weird thing to imagine. Um, it's it's a good thing that they uh, were so inspired by that uh, the reggae band in the other next door. Yeah. <laughs> next, next door. Next what door. if they hadn't been? It's like, well, <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I have to imagine we are recording our album. We've worked on our songs for a really long time. We've got everything worked up. We're, we're going to record. Hmm. Suddenly, we All hit true. through the wall. Through the wall, we hear someone else playing, and we're like, "Oh, I like how hey. they sound. Let's actually change. <laughs> Let's change everything. Let's change everything we're doing to sound more like that. Let's change our whole direction right now that we're on the studio clock and paying out the ass." Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird legend to me. It's kind. Of, have you ever heard about Gary Newman when he went into the studio for the first to do his debut record? He says he was going to do a punk record with his band. And somebody left a synthesizer in the studio, and then they yeah. decided on a whim to change their whole direction. Hmm. Yeah, it's just weird. To calling me. bullshit on that one yeah. too. <laughs> I don't know if I'm calling bullshit. It's just these legends are strange and they're difficult for me to believe. Um, anyway, b- back to Wheel of Fortune. Uh, the intro to this, for some reason, reminds me of a Kate Bush song. Do you get that at all, Blake or, or Logan or anybody? Like, like I'm talking about uh, before maybe. the beat ever kicks in, when it's just the vocal line and and the kind of atmospheric sound. It just, I, I don't know. It, it made me think of a Kate Bush song or something. Kate for a split. Bush is not for me from what I've heard okay. so far. So. It just, it, it gave me that vibe for a second. Um, once the beat kicks in, not, not as much. Uh, I, I've come to realize my least favorite part of this group is anytime Ulf talks. <laughs> <laughs> when Ulf starts talking, I'm like, come on, Ulf. What are you saying? Like when he, we're gonna make you move. Well, but okay, and, and this is the one line of lyrics I do wanna talk about. His line is when he does a spoken word is, Hey you, we're gonna make you move. It tastes like <laughs> steel, like a stab from a knife. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about, Ulf? <laughs> you stabbing uh, people now while you're he he's Mr. Ace. He's running your base. <laughs> he's apparently stabbing people. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- this one, by the way, for whatever reason, was the first of the the ones I hadn't heard that grabbed me. But then as time went on, I I think I like some others a little better. But I still I still enjoy this one. 
Um, I'm quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I have to say at this point, I was definitely like, I'm enjoying this album way more than I assumed I would. <laughs> this was not an album I would have thought like, oh, I'll enjoy pretty much all the songs. But here we are. Uh, it, it does have sort of yeah. an ominous feel to it, almost like all that she wants, this sort of mysterious thing going on. And uh, the last thing I'll point out is, uh, Blake, I don't know if you saw this, but on the Genius.com page for this, there's one comment on the whole song, and it just says, Pat Sajak. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and by the no, way, I, I feel like that. a dummy because I read that, and I'm like, why did they write Pat Sajak? It took me oh a good beat before oh I was like, God. oh, Wheel of Fortune. There we go. That's what it is. Uh, it's just a thing that Zoomers like to say. <laughs> Pat Sajak. It's a cool thing to say. LeBron James. LeBron. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Spin the wheel, Matt. Uh, what what you going to tell your dad? Um, I, <laughs> I, I think... Where you got, where some of you guys were with the previous song is where I am with this. Th- this really feels like a step down for me. Um, it's that same kind of you know techno reggae feel. Yes, g- uh, gonna make you move is uh, is <laughs> yeah. I mean y- you're gonna remember that, but um, I I feel like the songwriting isn't here as much on this. The uh, my love is your ending chords are kind of ho hum for me. I think the datedness of the sounds works in some places, but doesn't in other places. And the horns sound real cheesy, uh, on, on this track. Yeah. The horn patches. I'd agree with that. <laughs> I love the, <laughs> so I also had the note, are they saying what you're going to tell your dad? I said, <laughs> yeah. I said the dude vocals are way too much for me. <laughs> I, I'm in the, also the vocal, does she say I'm in love with another fool? Yes. <laughs> it's like, ha Oh, oh, good. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not ace of bass or jack of whack. I don't have a better, uh, it's like a nine of fine. If you're going with the card. It's ace nine of basic. Uh, ace of basic. It's the Joker. Ace of basic is a good one. Um, it's very true to the formula, but there I do like this kind of creepy vibe that it has, like the high kind of synth uh, part that's kind of lingering over the whole thing and in the background. I, I really like that. Um, that's that's a part that I do enjoy. But overall, I, I'm confused on why it's called Wheel of Fortune, and <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of a step down for me, too. All right. Next one's called... Well, we've we've had may, maybe a few few ones that we weren't crazy about, some of us. So we're just, uh, I think we're waiting for some magic. That was terrible. Track eight's called "Waiting for Magic." Oh, and I, I should point out this is the seven inch remix. So this is the remix. The original version uh, on Happy Nation, their debut, is a little more subdued and slightly slower, um, but still pretty dance clubby. Has that same dance clubby feel that that the one you just heard does. Vocals are by Lynn, Jenny, Buddha, and also someone named Stonestream, who also co-produced this track. Does anyone know who Stonestream is? 
<laughs> no, I don't. I, sure I, think, don't. I think it's Corey Taylor from Slipknot. He has that side project. <laughs> okay. Stone yeah. Stream. Right. It's him. <laughs> it, it, was, it was him as a baby. Um, this has some killer lyrics like, kiss me, baby, I'm attractive. <laughs> <laughs> she is attractive, to be fair. They're four beautiful Swedes, man. <laughs> I can't get over it. Um, there are The lyrics on this one are what jumped... The, the music... I wasn't wild about the lyrics jumped out to me because they're so nuts. They're really emphasizing that she's lying in a coffin waiting for you. Is she a vampire? I'm not sure what it's about. Um, I do like that they use a vocoder on the titular line of the song. I I don't think we've heard a vocoder up to this point. I'm not sure it's on the album much other than that, but we hear a cool vocoder on Waiting for Magic. This this one's a bit different. Maybe that's because it's a remix. Um to me, it's just okay. It's uh, the the ace of nine of fine. It's the nine of fine. Ace of basic. Nine of fine. Ace of basic. I, I like nine of fine, too. <laughs> um, I like this one. I, I don't have a lot of notes, um, but I think it might be my favorite p- uh, of those piano parts. Uh, that, that 90s piano patch is all over the place uh, on, on this one. Um, I, I like kind of the the climbing nature of, of the... The chord progression, you know, obviously really up tempo four on the floor, um, you know, kind of gets it got me pumped back up after uh, uh, after deciding what I'm going to tell my dad. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, not a lot of not a lot of notes. Uh, I, I like the vocoder, too, but uh, but I, I, I think this is, this is a, a strong track. Uh, I can dig it. I do think it sounds very dated, but I do also love that aspect of it. Uh, I love the coffin line, and the vocoder is nice. Uh, vocals are, are pretty good. I I like the vocals. Uh, this one gets things going a bit, and I appreciate that. Uh, it really sounds like it could be on like the Ninja Turtles 3 soundtrack or something, though. Uh, <laughs> getting back to the, <laughs> those turtles. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Nine of fine, ace of basic. I, I think I was chomping at the bit because I was going to say uh, I enjoyed this one a lot. <laughs> Uh, it, okay. it gave me everything kind of I, I wanted in a dance uh, '90s dance song. You know, it's like th- this is what I want. Uh, you're right. That piano is awesome. I do. The one weakness is I do feel like the verse is kind of weaker here uh, as opposed to the chorus. But I, I just really uh, in- enjoyed the hook of it. Um, I also had to write down that I feel like it's a song that would play in Zion from the Matrix sequel. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They're all having a Uh rave or whatever. Yeah. Like it's just, it's the sound of glow sticks. uh, This song. (laughs) Wow. You know, basically Zion, if, if they played this song would be a happy nation, I think. Is it a nation? Oh boy. Find out. Uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So the next one, uh, was the titular track happy nation i was gonna make a joke but it's too depressing Uh, 
was released as a single and went to number one in several countries. Uh, the U.S. was not one of those countries. Could you imagine this song as a number one in the U.S., though? Um, no. The f- <laughs> yeah, that, that's the correct answer. You could not. Thank you. The first verse is sung in Latin um, by Jonas, or Joker. And I, I was watching the video. You see Jonas mouthing the chant, uh, the Latin chant at the beginning of the video, and it sure didn't sound like him to me unless it was pitched way up. But he, he I think he also sings later and it's it's low and it's like kind of out of tune almost. But he is he is credited in the liner notes with Latin chorus. Um so maybe they just pitched it up. I don't know. Uh Lynn sings the rest. There's backing vocals by someone named John Ballard, who is a Swedish producer. Uh and it's apparently written in response to the the bad press about uh, Ulf's past as a neo-Nazi. Uh, not something you want to be. <laughs> they said, this song uh, was an anti-fascist song and a hymn to life. And I did want to note that before re-listening to it, uh, I kind of had it confused with Happy Worker by Tori Amos. <laughs> Does anyone know that one? No. It was, it was written for the uh, soundtrack to the movie Toys anyway. Hmm. Oh, Toys. Man, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I saw that That's way a... too young to to get. I need to go oh, back buddy. as an adult and watch that. I saw it at at just the right age, just the right age. Anyway, Happy Nation. This is a kind of a dour song, and I guess that's kind of what they're going for. The you know the title is Happy Nation, and it's very sardonically saying like, "Oh, a, a fascist state would not be such a happy nation now, would it?" So. The message there, I get it. Uh, if if that is indeed the message that they're going for, sure, I'm I'm on board for that. Uh, we don't like the fascists, do we? Uh, the song is is fine. Uh, I hate to give keep giving so many fine ratings to to such a great album, but you know it 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 works okay. It's another one of the reggae-ish upbeat ones, but not one of the best of those. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a different vibe with this one, which I always appreciate when um, you try to branch out and different vibes. But it it does kind of remind me of All That She Wants. It's mm. kind of middle of the road. I don't know. There's there's a little bit to enjoy here. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, though. And this is kind of the point where J- Josh had made, you know, earlier I mentioned that, you know, whereas we came off listening to Fiona Apple... And now we're kind of transitioning to Ace of Bass. It, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's just more simple and 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 straightforward. Uh, not that that's a bad thing, but there's just not a whole lot of content here for me. I guess I there's a good balance between having, you know, pop sensibilities, but also having something uh, important to say. And I feel like this just has some pop sensibilities but not really anything to say but i i well i i do feel i'm glad that uh you shed some light on uh, uh the background on, on the song that makes me yeah. feel a little bit better about it and maybe i need to rethink that one i won't say that it's a bad track um it's not ace um but it's you know it, it's kind of middle of the road for me but I do appreciate that, uh, uh, I guess, the message of it. I, I will say, Logan, uh, I sent this to Blake. 
uh, one night, I just said, wait till you read the, the genius page on Happy Nation, <laughs> because holy yeah, shit, yeah. that, what did, that oh, is boy. where what did it, say it goes off the rails. Well, it's just all kinds of, this is the one where, as I think Logan was just alluding to, is the one where everybody's like, it's a song about being a Nazi, and oh yeah, <laughs> it's a, some, some say it's pro-Nazi. pro-Nazi, and like, if you read that page, there's some wild stuff, like there's a whole thing about how... Yeah. I th- the the lyrics at the beginning that are in Latin are actually like them they're singing oh. in Latin but they're trying to make it sound kind of Hebrew and like it's some <laughs> coded reference to Judaism and I somebody below oh that commented they're like I don't huh. think these people who don't even speak English <laughs> are like <laughs> yeah. trying to code yeah and then there's a whole thing about the line about a perfect man is actually about the Nazi ideal of the Ubermensch you know and it's just uh, I don't know um, I, I I believe that I think that part is true but I think they're being sarcastic I, about it see I got the vibe and this is where I, I kind of wrote something about lyrics Logan I was just like I, I don't know if they put that much thought into the yeah. lyrics like are, I, are I think kidding? the yeah. lyrics for the yeah, people the, for the good for <laughs> mankind brotherhood that's <laughs> i feel we, like the lyrics go. are sort of the second thing they do after coming up with the, <laughs> the synth parts and everything and yeah not to knock it too much but it just i don't know i don't put much credence in that uh th- this was one was mid-tier for me not bad uh but definitely not one i would probably go to you know, if I was going to skip around on this album. I think this is the purest mood on <laughs> on, on the yeah, record. Got Latin chant. Um, you know, we got the Latin chant. We got that kind of Gregorian kind of um, sexy church music feel. Uh, the <laughs> sexy church music? Is that a uh, yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, sexy. You, you know when video? you're in Have church you and you're real horned up? <laughs> oh, the, you know, like... Watch the Fucking video. Wax play and shit. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> what? <laughs> Madonna. Have you seen a Madonna music video though? Yeah. No. It, it, it's. It... <laughs> 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 I wax. broke someone. Matt. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Kink, kinky ass motherfucker. Candles <laughs> everywhere. Jesus Christ. Like the, the the video for the police, every breath you take, it's just a room <laughs> full of candles. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Nation, Let's get back to this. Living in a happy nation. <laughs> Lord. Jesus. All right. Let's go. Yes. Uh, sorry, Matt. How do you we, feel we about it. Happy Nation, though? Uh, <laughs> I, I feel it's uh, for the people, for the good, for mankind, brotherhood. Um, I don't have a lot of notes. Uh, it's droney. Um, like I said, it sounds like sexy church music. Um, it, it's, it's that mid-tempo kind of techno reggae. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's got some uh, some all that she wants vibes. Um, I, I I think it's a weaker song uh, than all that she wants, obviously. But um, but you know, if regardless of the lyrical content, you know, I I I would hope to think that this was kind of a uh, an anthem to for mankind brotherhood. All right. Well, they speak <laughs> Swedish. They speak English. Uh, if you Latin. thought they didn't put a lot, oh right, right, they speak Latin. If you thought they didn't put a lot of effort into their lyrics, you're going to be eating your words after hearing "Voulez-vous danser."
It's like a hot dance injection in the doldrums of the album. <laughs> I, I needed that. Voulez-vous yeah. um, danser means, do you want to dance in French? The full line there in the chorus is, voulez-vous danser avec moi, ce soir? Which is one word away from the Lady Marmalade refrain. <laughs> um, this one has some really cool growly vocals again. Um, I, and I wish we knew if there was a technical term for, for those, maybe a singer knows, but the, it, it's another one that, that starts out with a, I can't do it. That sounds like a weird, like uh, impersonation of a French album. I can't do it. Oh, get the wax out. <laughs> Jesus, stop it. Um, anyway, we love the growls. Love the uh, the the synth hook a lot. You heard it in the clip there. It's a fast four on the floor. It injects so much energy back into the album. Um, love the speed on it. Awesome chorus here. This is well, maybe I'm showing my my hand, showing my aces. Not really though. This may be the last good song on the album for me. Maybe the album <laughs> should have ended here. Uh, <laughs> But we'll we'll see we'll see what everyone thinks. Uh, but yeah. Oh, it didn't. <laughs> I, well, we'll I, see. By the <laughs> way, the, the sound at the beginning, Blake. No, I, it, I, it, the album didn't oh, wait, end what? here. There are two more tracks things after my, it. My mind did it end. They're remixes. Did did it end for you here? Yeah. It did. Well, well. Yeah. Buddy, you didn't miss much. <laughs> I wait. The CD ended right there. Yeah, I think so. The CD did. There's, I don't, I don't know. there's at least I one more. I don't remember. There's a, the twelfth track is know. a remix, but there the the both of eleven and twelve are remixes. Oh, I guess I just thought we weren't doing remixes. I'm sorry. Well, that's fine. It's complex. It's complex. We'll get to it. We'll get um, to it. so uh, this song, uh, the, the sound of the beginning, Blake, I thought sounded like Christina Aguilera, <laughs> like the growly uh, thing, oh, the vocalizations, uh, yeah. the. <laughs> I can't do it either. Yeah, see? See? Yeah, it, hard it to is do. hard. Um, by the way, the second song on the album that's a club jam about getting someone to dance with you. Apparently, that was a, a popular topic for Ace of Bass to write lyrics about yeah. going up to people at the club and asking them to dance. They don't mention by Jonas or Jonas or. Yeah. Yeah. At, at least they're not in this one saying Joker I'm attractive. Um, you know, like they did in the last the last song like this. I, I agree right. though. This is this is a much needed injection of dance at this point. Um and kind of puts me on the side of saying the dance beat is my preferred beat on this album mm, to the reggae beat. Uh take. I mean, I don't think the reggae beat's bad or anything, but I find myself getting more tired of it quickly than the the dance beat, which I didn't like as soon as it started. I didn't immediately go, "Oh God, another dance beat," you know. Especially by this point, I was kind of like, "Okay, going back up. It's good." So thumbs uh, up. My my first note is there's that danciness. Um, yeah, yeah. The growl vocals again are back. Uh, the house piano is back again. I I really like kind of the interlocking vocals uh, on on this. Um, they they've got kind of a, a, a an extra level of of rhythm and and harmony that they. Uh, that they bring in that's not as prevalent um, on, on other songs. Um, it's high energy. Uh, I, I think I think it's another strong uh, strong dance track. I, I I do take your point, Josh. That the the dance beats kind of 
maybe have that energy that 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 keeps you you know keeps you engaged whereas lesser reggae beat songs you know can kind of kind of get uh get stale faster but i i really liked it i i think it's one of the one of the stronger tracks on the record yeah my first note is here we go this has got some promise uh it's definitely upbeat and moves things along this this seems like a strong album closer uh it it does have its kind of dated sounds but i love the energy it's fun and it blasts you back to the 90s for better or for worse i'd say it would be a great single but not for the u.s i suppose which is yeah. sad, um, but I could totally imagine some dude from like the Ozarks calling into Y one oh seven and being like Vule Vu and the Who and the What now? <laughs> <laughs> what the Vulu and the Vu- v- Grandpa Rattle What? I'm calling in behalf Jeez. of Rattle Grandpa Rattlesnake requesting that Vule Vu <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I I think it should have been I think it's a better single than uh what was it, uh Living in Danger? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm just surprised that, <laughs> yeah, it is. like, I don't remember ever hearing this one and I don't ever remember hearing, uh, uh, living in danger. Now that I think of it, I don't remember hearing those songs on the radio. So a living in danger was what the seventh single. So no, but, uh, I think this is a, a like you guys have said, much needed injection. Uh, for, for me, it was the album closer. So Yeah. <laughs> It yeah. should have Speaking been the closer. Album closer. <laughs> you know, you know what's weird is that on Happy Nation, their debut, the original, this was the album opener. Voulez-vous. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of just a, just a weird, different feel. So the one that comes after that, at least on the version I listen to, is called "My Mind Mindless." Mix. Say it in a Borat voice. My mind. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Mindless mix. So maybe this will jog your memory, Logan. Maybe not. Everyone, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, everywhere. It's a face in your mind. You're giving me hope. So this is called the mindless mix. I could not find the non-mindless <laughs> mix. I don't know if that exists somewhere out there i want to know who is saying ace of bass is in your mind <laughs> is that uh Ulf? <laughs> oh my god uh i thought it, it sounds like not great vocal quality there on those spoken parts it almost sounds like i don't like a bad cassette player or something like it's it, it, you can almost like hear plosives coming through it's weird um yeah don't care for that a lot uh mindless is maybe maybe an apt descriptor for this uh track my attention was waning um and it takes a long time for jenny's voice to even come in at all and then even then it, it's kind of barely anything i don't know if there was a uh, if there was an original mix before this maybe it had more of her vocal i don't know uh i just wonder if, if that was better uh but yeah not not crazy about my my mind there's not a lot here i'm not turned off by it necessarily uh i, I my, my first note is that the the lyrics are very demanding uh, you know we, we were talking about that mm-hmm. they're really trying once again they're trying to get people to dance uh but uh you know th- this time they're uh there's they're warning you you know dance 
or fade out. Yeah, <laughs> which which I I thought was Wolf will stab you. What was was funny. <laughs> um, I I love the kind of bendy synth part uh, that, that that they bring in. The um, just it, it just kind of a weird noise uh, in the in the song. Um, I I don't have the exact length in front of me, but uh, but I, I I think it's a I think it's a good. Uh, a good little little dance track um you know obviously maybe kind of a bit of a tag on from an app from an album sequencing perspective but um but I, I i can get down yeah it it definitely feels tagged on to me it's it's fine it's nine to fine so <laughs> i i don't have a whole lot obviously to say on it but it, yeah. it was okay well uh, I will point out it has the lowest play count on Spotify, so I think I think everybody's oh, kind of with okay. us on this. <laughs> uh, this is where the dance beat kind of loses me. Like uh, this is where I am. Like okay, we've went as far as we can. Uh, you know, similar to uh, the dancing in a daydream, there's not a lot of like melodic hooks here, but like dancing in a daydream had a cool atmosphere <laughs> going for it and everything. And this one just feels kind of paint by numbers Euro pop. Um, I did find it interesting that the vocalization that happens a few times is spelled out in the lyrics as I O. So like, yo, <laughs> you know, she does it. Goes, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's literally I O is, is the lyric, but, uh, yeah, maybe it's, it's Swedish. It's, 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 uh, it's a song. I don't know. It, do- it just doesn't, it doesn't have much to really grab onto. I guess that's yeah. the point of a dance song, though, right? I mean, it's something they could play in the well, club, and and people would maybe dance to, and you don't really have to think about it too much. But mindless, yeah. But there are better dance songs there on are. here. Um, the final track on this cut, at least, is um, not a new song at all, but a remix of "All That She Wants" called the Bangra version. So we don't have to necessarily get that into this one, but here's what it sounds like. So I thought the last two tracks on this version of the album should have been replaced with um, the two tracks that are on Happy Nation U.S. version. Yes. Uh, They're called Hear Me Calling and Fashion Party, which is just an amazing (laughs) title. Those... Not fascist party. Those two... No, that's that's the uh, alternate European version. Um, Those two songs kind of bang. They would make... much better tracks than these last two ones. I don't know why they went this direction. Um, this doesn't bang, I don't think. Um, it, it This is, is like a tacked-on bonus track. It's like something that you would stick on the iTunes version or something. I don't think you really need a second version of all that she wants on this album, especially when the first one is so perfect. And it, it kind of sucks that such a great memorable album kind of fizzles out at the end like this. But oh well. Yeah, I I'm not even gonna count remixes, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you don't, you don't have to. That just seems redundant to me. Like that seems like yeah. bonus material for me. So I'm, yeah, I'm not even gonna. That that's why I I was texting when we were trying to figure out doing this album. I'm like, are we doing this track? Because like I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be a legitimate track or just a remix. Like that's a bonus track, you know. Yeah. 
Um, I guess it kind of works as a bookend with all that she wants is track one. That's the only real thing I could say that's positive. But yeah, it, it feels it feels almost like the credits sequence song, like <laughs> like the album ends and then this is playing over the credits uh, to remind you of all that she wants from the beginning. By the way, Blake, I, I looked up the Happy Nation original version and there's yeah. three songs on that that aren't on this. Uh, one is Fashion Party, which I put down mm-hmm. isn't bad, kind of straightforward yeah. dance. There's one called Dimension of Depth. That is <laughs> fucking weird. It's an instrumental, oh. but it's an instrumental with nothing but like synth strings. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> it's, huh, I want to hear it's that. It's bizarre. And then there's one called Munchausen that is about <laughs> the uh, the the German noble Baron oh von Munchausen. God. And it it's it has Ulf repeatedly shouting just chaos. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps coming in going, just chaos. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Did uh, you see, there was a, a, yeah. a bonus track on one of those versions called Moog Operator. <laughs> I saw that as well. I, I didn't hear it. I could see that where Clive Davis is like, okay, Munchausen won't work because it's weird. Dimension of Depth won't work. But, like, why not put Fashion Party? I agree. Like, yeah. cut, cut this remix and just put another song on if you're going to put a song on. Like, why yeah. Yeah. put a remix? I don't know. That's my thought. I wonder if it was an artifact of this era in the 90s to put these kind of single remixes on at, at the end of tracks because they do it on Jagged Little Pill, too. There's a uh, there's an alternate hmm. uh, You Oughta Know that's the last track on on Jagged Little Pill. Um, just real quick on, on the remix, um, I, I don't like it as much as the original All That She Wants. I, I do think that it's interesting that they they kind of have different root notes with the baseline um, kind of over the same drone of the all that she wants lyrics that kind of make, you know, it, it is interesting. And, and I, I like the, um, I like the high synth part that dun, 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 dun. I, I thought that was, that was kind of an interesting feel. Um, but, but yeah, you know, uh, it, this doesn't need to be here. Josh, do you want me to play these noises that you gave me? Cause no, I'm kind of no. curious now. Well, I'm curious. The only one I didn't play was the I had I had the whirly tube sound for all that she wants, and then on Wheel of Fortune there was a it sounded like the Windows Air noise to me on the upstroke. <laughs> so I don't okay, know. you could play. Here's the all that she, here's yeah. the whirly tube. And turn it in a circle. <laughs> oh my god! The slower you turn it, the lower the note. Yeah, I yeah. I there's just there's a, some a there's some similarity there. Okay, Wheel of Fortune sound and, and the wind. Okay. Listen to the upstrokes. <laughs> um, it's, All right. it's dumb. Now, it just sounded I have to, me to go like the I have to go in and do an edit now where I add the windows noise <laughs> to the upbeats. <laughs> boom, boom. We're out of tracks. Are we going to move on to superlatives? Superlatives. There is obviously a handful of true bangers. I had to go with, interestingly, Don't Turn Around. Interesting. Not even theirs, it's a but good one. that's the banger for me. I, I agree that this is much like the Andrew W.K. album we did bef- uh, last season as a palate cleanser in that you've got a, a, pretty, uh, a pretty good selection here. I'm going to go The Sign. Okay. See, I'm I'm here and uh, I got to have that dance beat for a banger. Um, so I'm going to say uh, voulez-vous danser. 
Okay. I'm I'm biased, so I I think all that she wants is is the banger. <laughs> yeah. All all valid. I do want to. <laughs> what? Shut up, Josh. <laughs> I was ahead, gonna go point ahead. to. I was gonna Shut compliment the fuck you, up, Josh. I was gonna compliment you. Go I was gonna say that on on the we are like the spider version of all that she wants. Uh, it's funny after listening to that enough times, going back and listening <laughs> to the original version, I feel like you guys, uh, and specifically you and your guitar, did a, a really good job of highlighting that one part. Yeah. That it, like it makes that it too. so that when I hear the original, I'm like, why is this part so buried? <laughs> like it just it feels like it should be more prominent, which is what you guys kind of are. You, you, are you talking about the the verse? Guitar? Like the the rhythmic the bum 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 bum. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was it, it definitely... Feels like, I think we all kind of wanted that part to rock a little bit more. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry. If you need to drop it again... No, I was just it. kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay. Don't sleep on I said don't sleep on Young and Proud. Good choice. I went Living in Danger. I like Living in Danger. I like the, okay. the little, like, uh, mumbly, you know, oaf mumbling. I saw the stranger. He saw the stranger. <laughs> Uh, don't don't sleep on it. Uh, even if you're having a daydream, don't sleep on dancer in a daydream. Okay, that's a good one. Um, I went with uh, don't sleep on voulez-vous dancer. You can't when that's right. going. <laughs> <laughs> Try to sleep. There are a few sk- a few skippers here, but ultimately I said my mind, <laughs> my mind. <laughs> my mind. Uh, I also went my mind. Um, you know, as far as like if we're if we're tacking that one on, uh, yeah, my mind for sure would be my skipper. Uh, if if we're not including that one, uh, I would probably have to go with Happy Nation. I'm gonna tell my dad to skip <laughs> Wheel of Dad. <laughs> dad. 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 Butterfree. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're me. talking about. <laughs> okay, uh, don't. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna skip living in danger. Really? Oh man. Yeah, dude. I, I like I'm living not, in danger. For the yeah, it's just not. I just don't think it's that great. For cover, you know, we gotta cover the cover. Don't turn around. Um, would we take it all minor key, 100% minor chords? Maybe. I, I'm interested to see how much common ground there is here on this one. Cause I, there's I, never I, common ground. There's on never covers. common ground on it, but also like this one in particular, there's some like vocal things that, and I, I don't know, lyrical things, but I, I also went with don't turn around for, for my cover on this one. Unprecedented. All that I want is to cover <laughs> all that she wants. I know. I know. We we've got covers uh, covers out there in the mix, but I think I think it'd be a fun fun thing to put a spin on. Yeah. Um. I would like to cover a dancer in in a daydream. Mm. I think that would be interesting. Uh. And the new drop. Thoughts. For my final thoughts, I said that the sign is a great record made a bit messy by international manhandling. Um. There are a few tracks of fat that you could trim here, but five straight solid bangers in a row starting from the top. That's pretty impressive to me before it even reaches a track that 
I'd consider mid-tier. Um, and then there are yet still some bangers to come after that. It must be a powerful record, though, to still hold my attention after 28 years. Um, it's one of the few things I can say I liked when I was nine and still like now. Um, so I think it's a classic, and I say put this one in the canon forever as far as I'm concerned. I gave it four out of five babies. Damn it. J just want another one. You steal the did he steal yours, Logan? Yeah. <laughs> well, basically. That, that, that tends to happen, sorry. Um so I, I would definitely say this album is not timeless. Uh it sounds perfectly of its time. The the you know, the sound, the production, it's it's early nineties. But the hooks and the pop sensibilities are pretty timeless. Um it did make me wonder if a version of all that she wants or the sign would be a hit today. Or if it's just too associated. I know the sign got some resurgence when it was in that Pitch Perfect movie, mm. um, and and there was mm. a little bit of like resurgence and interest in that song. And I don't know. I just do wonder if it, if it would come out today, if people would latch onto it still, or does it just sound too too nineties? Um, but yeah, those hooks. I mean, you could definitely do a cover of it, and it would be a hit. I think uh, it's just it's almost like this album was created in a lab to be a perfect pop album, almost like a Thriller. You know, if you've heard the stories about Thriller where like Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson played it for a lot of different test audiences and would like tweak it according to what they said. I feel like this kind of went through that. Uh, Blake, you called it manhandling. And I mm -hmm. think it's some of that, but I think it was also Clive Davis and everybody else like, all right, how do we construct an album that's just going to make hit after hit after hit after hit? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and they kind of did it in a way. I mean, I think... There's a good solid run. Um, when I look at the track listing, if we're counting, if we're counting the "All That She Wants" remix, then I didn't like that one, and I didn't really like "My Mind." But other than that, I liked the the ten tracks that are there for the most part. Uh, maybe to it's a spectrum, Happy Nation, sort of at the end of that spectrum. But uh, I still didn't think it was horrible. Um, if we're doing eleven tracks, ten out of eleven, so it's. Uh, I'm going to say a 90% for me. Pretty high. 4.5 out, 4 out of 5 cassette tapes stuck in car radios. Yeah. it's. I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a little tough for me even to kind of imagine a world without knowing the lyrics and the feel to the sign, at least that song. And, and I think that kind of is at the forefront of this album, but the album as a whole definitely invokes a sense of, of place and time. It's, it's almost the opposite of timelessness in that it's just so if for me at least, and, and, you know, people of different ages and, and, uh, and approaches are, are, are going to feel differently about things. And, um, but for me, at least, you know, if I hear this, it's like, I'm back at the skate corral, you know, I've, I've got, got my skates on and th this is, we talked about candy earlier. I, I think this is an album that, that is like candy. It There's maybe not a lot of nutrition there, but it tastes good. <laughs> um, you know, you, you maybe get a stomach ache if you eat too much of it, but, but it goes down smooth with, you know, some Mountain Dew uh, sitting at the, at the concession stand um, uh, of the skating rink. Um, one thing that, that, that I found was that it really doesn't over, overstay its welcome it's like 43 minutes which you know you don't feel that length that that you might uh, uh 
uh, otherwise with um with with uh, an album of of weaker material i i was i was kind of surprised at how much i enjoyed it you know and and i think my esteem grew as i listened more so i am going to give this record three and a half dancers in a daydream god damn it you took my backup <laughs> one now i came up with <laughs> i just want to appreciate three that and a half chose an actual like measurable dads. amount 3.5 use usually it's use like onks three dancers and one arm of a dancer like. <laughs> <laughs> use onks or signs it's a it's a fun guilty pleasure of mine for sure. I I like this album. It's it's simple, fun, and nostalgic. Um, it kind of had the opposite effect on me actually. Like I kind of came from a like I love this album so much to like this time around I I didn't f- find myself liking it as much. Um, I enjoyed listening to the CD and occasionally you know i think i'll come back to it and stroll down memory lane i think it's iconic in a way but also it's something that i wouldn't be surprised that fell into obscurity uh i don't think that it will necessarily do that um if anything i've gleaned a few dance song motifs um, from them and have generally favorable feelings towards them uh that kind of landed me though like i said i only did really counted 10 tracks so uh i liked six out of the 10 so that landed me about 60 percent you know or or three tan catchers uh if you will so (laughs) you know all right (laughs) all right that works that'll do it does so what's okay what's up next well oh my god i don't know what what is next i I don't know what to do with myself oh my that's okay spooky season i guess when you're listening to this it's about to be october or it's the end of september so what we've got a full month's slate of halloween mixes to do yeah we'll have to figure out exactly how we're doing that but uh yeah halloween mixes is up next september has ended we're waking you up (laughs) <laughs> the second annual uh more Ooh, of right. that uh what uh, do we call it extra ex spooka it's, it's the, the spook stravagunza <laughs> <laughs> i knew it was a mouthful whatever it was well that's what oh, we're about God. here on the discography program <laughs> <laughs> just put it all together discography spook again like what are these words? I think, oh, we, we had multiple names. We called it Season of the Mix. Oh, Season of point. the Mix. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's always Second fun. annual we, Halloween mix. I've, I've got a huge pile of songs I'm sorting through right now, <laughs> scrambling. So um, thanks for coming by. Yeah. As always. And uh, see you next time. Blake here. That concludes my portion of Season 2 of Discographology. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Our band's music is streaming everywhere. Just search More of That or go to moreofthat.bandcamp.com. We are at More of That Presents on Instagram and at DiscographPod on Twitter. We also make YouTube playlists just search the name of this podcast and i'll plug this one more time here my wife and i do have another music podcast called nailed 
we go through the discography of Nine Inch Nails. Discographology also has t-shirts for sale with an awesome design by Philippe Sobrero. You gotta see this shirt. We have it up on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. Ask any of us about it. You wanna buy one? We'll get it to you. Thanks to Josh, Logan, and Matt for helping me with this episode and extra thanks to Josh for helping me write the script for this episode and to Logan for the sound collage at the beginning. Thanks again, everybody. And as always, don't forget to listen to music. Audio.